I'm Nels Anderson. And I'm Jesse Turner. And welcome to Terminal 7. Well, Nels, what episode are we on? This is the 20th episode, and this is the one-year anniversary episode. I know, and I didn't get you anything, and that's... that's that's okay. Fine. I didn't either. <laughs> I got you. I yeah, got but a you. year. A year we've been at it. A year Netrunner's been out. Yeah. People have been playing it. It's great. Yeah, it's awesome. We did our very first cast on November 11th, 2013. So this is a year, maybe give or take a day, Ish. depending yeah, yeah. on when this episode actually goes live. Um, And because it's the anniversary and because the Netrunner World Championships were just this past weekend yep. in Roseville, Minnesota. <laughs> Beautiful Roseville, Roseville, Minnesota. Well, it's, it's in Roseville because that's where FFG's headquarters is. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, uh, we'll talk about that in a bit because when we asked people if they had any questions for this episode, uh, lots of folks asked about that right. <laughs> recently. Um, but before that, in the spirit of wor- the World Championship this weekend, and this is a game that's played the worldwide. Right. All kinds of folks in all kinds of different places. Um, so we asked a bunch of friends of the podcast to... Tell us a little bit about their local metas. Right. And by local meta, we're talking like the world. We're, we're all over the place in, yeah. this, in this cast, which is yeah. great. I'm really, listening to these, um, it was really, really great hearing all these different experiences from all over the globe. Yeah, every- so many different folks. But of course, there was a through line of just like excitement for the game and having a really bunch of like great people to play with and yeah. just like positivity and a lot of enthusiasm that just like between that that especially, but then to a lesser extent, watching the finals for the worlds over the weekend, I'm like, God damn it, I'm really hyped on that record. Yeah, that's so <laughs> no, cool. was, it was a little, it was a little down tempo there for a while, but I'm I'm really hyped again. <laughs> right on, yeah, and even, uh, like, uh, yeah, especially with like the like the timing, it's like it's it's been a year, and I'm still amped about this game. Oh yeah, that's pretty. That's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so we're just gonna start off. We will just go in between all these little recorded episodes. Yep. Um interview segments, whatever, micro episodes, however you want to think about it, from a bunch of different folk. Um, and starting us off is actually our friend Christian. Christian, right. From out of Cologne, 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 Cologne Germany. Cologne, Germany. <laughs> That's how it's pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry, Germans. Um, uh, yeah, he's he also runs a YouTube channel called Teamwork Cast where they upload a bunch of new, you know, Netrunner matches and stuff, and people can check those out. Um, Christian and I commentated one of them together, and it was a blast. Awesome. Um, but yeah, he's got he's going to tell us a bit about what playing in Germany in the area around Germany is like. Awesome. So so strap in, and we will take you to Europe. Hi everybody, here's Christian from Timor Cast, and I've been asked to talk about our meta because uh, I am playing in Cologne, which is a city in Germany, and uh, yes, we are playing Netrunner there. So the thing with Cologne is is that it's actually located quite near a lot of different cities in, in Germany, and so there is like this um, huge community. Not that community that we are we are we're having there is not just based on our city, but also all the all those neighboring cities. They're they're regularly just you know one hour away or so. So it's very easy to like, you know drive over one evening or so, and have a tournament in the, the you know neighboring city there. So it's Cologne. Uh, it's also. Aachen very much. Aachen is a small city, but it has the most successful players, Netrunner players in Germany in general. If you watched our videos from the 
from the recent German nationals, you've seen that the top two players, the players in the finale, were actually both from Aachen. So yeah, that's kind of like very, very daunting there. And there's a lot of players playing in Aachen. There's also Düsseldorf, Dortmund, and uh, to some extent Koblenz. So, you know, there is like a huge group of, of players um, that are, you know, know each other and then we see each other on tournaments frequently. Uh, as far as Cologne goes, uh, we are actually quite small. We actually, even though Cologne is quite big. Um, so uh, we started actually at the beginning of this year, you know, we started having our really regular meetings. And uh, that's basically when I also came in a little bit. So I was like one of the people who kind of came in and the community kind of started to gain like a um, critical mass with us here. And nowadays we have like weekly meetings. So every Thursday we meet and there is like an evening where it's really funny. There's like a small store, video, um, board game store. And the owner basically gives us the key and then he goes home and we just stay at the store and we play until the evening. Very risky strategy by the store owner to, you know, to leave the board game junkies in a store alone that is full of board games. Uh, but it has been quite, uh, it was it's always incredibly fun. There is at least, you know, four to sometimes even eight people there. So there's always somebody to play against. Uh, and of course, there is a second board game store called Hive World. And that's where we have our monthly tournament, Netrunner tournament, which is always great fun. And in especially in recent times, it started to attract all those people from the cities I mentioned. Uh, so now it has become like a huge thing because when I started, it was like only six people or so, maybe eight. And nowadays it's like 20 people and it's like we're playing the whole day there. Uh, so that's really, really daunting. And of course, there's always this Kronos Protocol Tours, uh, regional store championships, what you know, you name it, all those other things. And one other thing that uh, also recently came up, which is really great, because again, uh, it is uh, due to our unique location in Cologne, we're able to, we're really at the border to Netherlands, from Germany to Netherlands, and at the border from Germany to Belgium. So the store owners uh, in Aachen, uh, the, store, um, the store is called Würfelkiste, and Falco, who is the store owner there, he started um, this uh, new type of tournament where he invites players from Belgium and Netherlands to come over to Aachen. And then, you know, we, we get to insight, we get insight into completely different kinds of metas. Uh, so yeah, that's always very exciting. And for those reasons, it's kind of like difficult to decide, you know, what uh, the typical thing about our meta is because there's just so many inputs from so many different cities and it's always like there is no such thing as a typical thing that we're doing here in Cologne. It's just everybody's doing their own thing. It's very dynamic. Uh, even though there's sometimes like this really funny things, for example, like in one of the Kronos Protocol, I think, uh, there was suddenly everybody was playing uh, Cerebral Imaging for some reason. I don't know why, but it was just one tournament and Cerebral Imaging never came back afterwards. It was just very popular in this one tournament. Yeah, so it's kind of like difficult to uh, find out some rules. We have, our, of course, our Andromeda players. We have a lot of uh, Shaper players. Uh, sometimes noise, especially nowadays, we, now that uh, one of the players from Aachen uh, won German Nationals with, uh, with a noise player. Um, the corporations are quite diverse, so it's kind of very difficult to tell, you know, what's, what's, uh, what's popular. <laughs> it's, it's really all over the board. Um, there is something unique about Germany that, that I wanted to mention is that there, our local distributor for Netrunner has a special rule for how Netrunner is uh, supposed to work like in organized play. And the idea is that 
uh, you, the packs that are coming out, they only become legal after two weeks after they have been released. So, um, so you have like two weeks uh, after a pack is released in which you can like, like tune and refine uh, your deck before it's, uh, you can use it in a tournament. So that's why, you know, there's lots of experimentation going on and people are, are, um, are, uh, you know, having like this time to prepare the decks for the tournaments. Yes, yeah, so that's basically what defines our meta. It's like really, really easy access to different cities, really easy access to our, to our neighbor countries, and and really lots of exchange and and and, and beautiful community. Of course, we um, the thing that I really like about community, and everybody says the same thing. Like we are really, we really have such excellent people in the community. Like um, it's really great fun playing with those people. Um, they are very, you know, friendly, uh, heartwarming, and it's, it's, you know, they, it's not really about winning or losing. Of course, we are competitive as well, but, you know, you really establish like those friendships that really are long lasting and, and you really like to hang out with those people and, and, you know, have a great time. So, um, and I think that's something that's very unique about Netrunner compared to, uh, the other, uh, collectible card games. So yes, um, if you want to check out our videos, we are, they are available on YouTube under Teamwork Cast. You can see us play and have fun. I hope you will have fun with us as well. Bye bye. We're back. That was a good one. So awesome. I like That's... that. I, I like that a lot. It was really, really. Uh, <laughs> it was. It was a really fun look at. Uh, and and the the thing is like. We're, I'm like like I'm I've only really been in Canada, so everything's a million miles away from where everything is. But in Europe, you're just like a tram ride to a, a tram, to- definitely a tram, <laughs> not a train, a tram. <laughs> you know, it's just I mean. all up and down mountains. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you're like you're all of a sudden in a totally different place, a totally yeah. different area. No, that was cool. Like that was a thing that I didn't really realize that in Cologne, there's Cologne, like Christian was saying, but then like just over the border is the Netherlands, so some of their folks and come they all over play, and play different. Like, yeah, that's so oh, yeah, it's that's awesome. awesome. Yep. Um, well, speaking of Europe, we will remain on the continent. Great. Um, our friend uh, Charlene, she recently, uh, there was this um, big, vi- uh, not strictly vi- video games, but primarily digital games event in Nottingham, England called Game City. Right. Um, it's been going on for a few years now, and cool. I keep wanting to go, and I... You, hits, it's out there. It's very far away. <laughs> it's basically on the other side of the world, uh, which sucks because it sounds like a rad event. Um but Char was there, and she actually ran a Netrunner lounge. Char crammed in some Netrunner. Yeah, and that's that's great. It's awesome. Um, and so she talked. To, both she talked about her own uh, play group back home in Dublin, as well as talked to some folks who she played with in Game City at Nottingham. Yeah, and I kind of like this because this one uh, had a lot of like w- like classic. What's your favorite card? Yeah, and it was. I don't know. I I I really enjoyed this one. Yeah. And Char, this is the second time she's been on our cast. Yes, which is great because she was d- uh, down in San Francisco. Yep, at GDC. At GDC, and so. hopefully maybe we'll be at GDC again so we can play, run some more nets and that's right. Cast some more pods. Yeah. All right. That's what so we'll take go. it away, Char. Yeah. Hello there, Nels and Jesse, and thanks very much for inviting me to chat for a few minutes about my favourite game, which, you've guessed it, is Netrunner, which I've been playing for about a year and a half now. Uh, my name is Charlene, or Alpha Char on Twitter. I'm a writer and I live in Dublin, Ireland, where I play in a few different metas. Firstly, there's the very tiny meta of myself and my husband, Owen Harris. The two of us have been playing together regularly since the start. 
At which point he always played Corp and I always played Runner, NBN and Noise specifically. Over the last 18 months or so, we've made opening the new data packs together a regular date night kind of thing. And it's amazing to us how much you can notice the difference with the addition or subtraction or even one or two cards when you're so used to playing with single decks. For example, a little mid-season replacements and psychographics combo can really hit me where it hurts now. My favourite card has always been Magnum Opus, just for the occult flavour of it. But in play, I adore it as bringing a notoriety or inside job out when it's least expected. Outside of our little meta of two, we play regularly with a great crew from the Dublin game developer scene, most often with our friends John O'Kane, Owen Canavan and Calm Larkin. The meta is different there. There's a lot of painful Jinteki hijinks going on, what Colm calls his fun police deck. The only time I've been able to beat him has been through pure guessing and a few handily found future perfects. With these guys, I've been playing Nasir a lot recently, which is enormous fun, even if I pretty much never ever win with him. On the corpse side, I love to play HB with big fat ice and the levers to crank them into position, like Oversight AI, Bioroid Efficiency Research, and my new favourite toy, Eliza's Toy Box. The last few games I've played, I've been able to get a curtain wall out and resed in the first turn, which is a nice psych out. Our meta is a lot of fun, because although we all love Netrunner and love to trash talk each other's decks and love to win, we still have this super relaxed, casual and fun atmosphere. There's also a real Netrunner meta in Dublin, run by Mike Schickel from our local, out of our local gaming store, where we have tournaments and drafts, which I've attended. But those guys are a few streets ahead of me though, and I'm starting to think it's because we're such a cosy little meta in the game dev group that we're very predisposed to playing in certain styles. This really hit me at Game City in Nottingham last week when I ran the Netrunner Lounge and I lost seven, yes, seven games in a row to some excellent players, including Robin and Hussein, who you will hear from now. So hello, I'm here hello. with Hussein, uh, who is a member of the local Beeston Meta here in Nottingham. Uh, Hussein, what is your favourite Netrunner card? Well, my favourite Netrunner card has to be Snare. It's just one of those cards that defines... The, that has defined the meta since the beginning. You have to play around Snare, and it can win you games when you don't expect it. And even if people expect it, they still have to play around it. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. just a wonderful card. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what's your favorite identity at the moment? At the moment, I really like Nasir. Mm -hmm. I really Same. like Nasir. Nasir with, um, I run a Nasir Worm, Ice Destruction deck that is just a lot of fun. It is a, a lot of fun for you, I'm sure, but yes. having been on the receiving end of it, I'm not so sure how much fun it is. My but favorite yeah. moment with that Nasir deck was some what, a person rezzing a Janus and me using that money to just destroy the Janus right there <laughs> with the money that they gave me, which is amazing. Painful. painful. Yes. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Hussein. Thank you. Hello everybody, uh, this is Charlene here at Game City in Nottingham and I'm talking to Lord Robin Lewis and he is going to tell us about his favourite card. He's just beaten me soundly three times with three different decks uh, so he's going to tell us about his favourite Netrunner card. Uh, I think my favourite Netrunner card is Stimhack. Uh, it's not actually currently in any of my decks but I have good memories of using it and it seems to sum up a lot of what Netrunner can be if you're quite lucky in a game. It's like a Hail Mary pass where you might have no credits and then you play this and suddenly you have 
one chance to get in and maybe steal an agenda and at the end of it you'll take brain damage which is terrible but it might be the thing that wins you the game in a couple of games it's been the thing where I had no hope of actually winning and it was able to pull an agenda out of somebody's hand at the last minute and beat me and win the game before the other person beat me which for it to be that kind of thing is a sign that Netrunner is an absolutely excellent card game that it can come down to a single moment a single chance and luck really but also strategy of leaving it till the last minute or things like that it, it just seems to sum up the things I like about Netrunner very much cool thanks very much Rowan We're back. Sweet. Thank you so much, Shara. That was yes. great. Once again, super, so awesome. super small. You know, you know, you you could have went longer. Yeah. <laughs> like I gotta say, it was like it was like a super fantasy see I mean, but it was I, so short. When I emailed everybody, I said it's like, oh, you know, do however long you want, like five to seven minutes is good. Um most people ultimately for our benefit, I think, yeah. did not at all keep to those requirements. <laughs> uh, but Char did, which is totally fine and yeah. awesome. Um, tremendously appreciated. Now we go all the way to the other side of the world. Right. All the way to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Right, with our friend Calvin, or Sigma83 as he's known on the subreddit of Netrunner. Yep, and maybe some other places as well. Yeah. Um, I It's always interesting to think about what the game must look like outside of... Uh, you know, Anglophone countries. Right, yeah. Because right? I'm sure, like, I've seen some, like, Netrunner cards in French or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Um, he's mentioned, I don't know if the cards are actually localized into Malaysian or if they just get the English ones. I know, I know. But I also know that everybody's, like, multi- Yes. Lingual. Yeah. They, and we uh, all I know is just bad English. Yes, unlike <laughs> us, our, our barbarian Anglophone selves. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Calvin has some really awesome tales about how he ended up playing in his first tournament in Kuala Lumpur. I like this. And I believe Calvin is a teacher, as we'll learn from I here. I think so. And he is also like a writer, I believe. And it's, which is great because I think he kind of brings that to this, uh, yeah. this little segment. Yeah, it's, 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 it's very, it has a good pace and cadence to yeah, it. Yeah. Very like good. It. So thanks so much, Calvin. And uh, let's let's hear it. Hello, Nels and Jesse. This is my response to your questions that you emailed out to people around the world. Question one. Hello, my name is Calvin Wong from Malaysia. I go by Sigma83 on the internet, mostly on Reddit. I am a writer and writing teacher. So unsurprisingly, the thing that draws me the most to Netrunner is the narrative. See, I've always loved any game, board game, video game, that immersed me in its story and transported me to this other place. And here was this card game coming out that apparently did this theme super well. And I played it in an octagon for the first time. And I was like, oh my God, I feel like a hacker. I feel like a shadowy corporation just spreading its tendrils of corruption and greed out into cyberspace. Oh, I was in love. And also the fact that it's mechanically brilliant and one of the best card games I've ever Actually, no, the best card game I've ever played doesn't hurt. I am a Shaper player through and through. And for Corporation, I mainly play Jinteki, but I'm less, I'm more Corp agnostic than I am runner devoted. So I play all the Corporations more or less evenly, and I'm trying to feel out every single identity. I have a Stronger Together. I have uh, Because We Built It with The Root. I'm trying to do all of these weird things because exploring the edges and the margins of this game 
because there are so many that the designers have built in. So many cards and edge cases and niche situations. My favorite Shaper card is False Echo. I kid you not. It is so good. So apart from the narrative structures that the game creates for me, it's about exploring these so-called quote-unquote bad cards that really that really gets me going from a mechanical standpoint. Question two. My meta is Kuala Lumpur, the capital of Malaysia. People in my meta are very much, in my opinion, that I've seen so far, into optimization. They tend to want to find something that's good and refine and refine and refine, which is a very admirable process, right? Some people play this game just to get deck knowledge and card knowledge and they want to refine their play. Noise is being very popular at the moment, as is Chinteki. Looking at the uh, nationals, we had Andromeda and Building a Better World, Kate Replicating Perfection, Andromeda Engineering the Future, Chaos Theory, Personal Evolution, Wizard because we built it. Those were the top five. In my opinion, there's a lot of desire to innovate, but within a specific space, sort of like if I'm going to make criminal, how do I make the best criminal, right? What do I import? What do I bring in? What do I do? How do I use things that I that we have not really tried? But it's still in service of making a standard criminal deck. Obviously with, you know, your own personal twist on it. But listening back to that, I feel it's a little bit unfair of me because I personally value creativity and out-of-the-box thinking so much that it almost sounds like I'm denigrating the, ref the refinement approach. I'm not. These people are great players. They're great deck builders. They're definitely better than me. I'm just providing my observation and my own personal take. People get together every, I would say every week, at least twice or thrice. There's a WhatsApp group that we're part of that we're constantly asking, hey, who's going to this place tonight? Hey, we're in the McDonald's. Come and join us, right? It's pretty much just, hey, we're playing tonight. Anyone want to come? Let's just join. It's fairly casual. There's a couple of dedicated meetups leagues, events, you know, that kind of thing. But I don't really go for those because my schedule is a little bit... I'm a teacher, I work nights, so it's a little bit more difficult for me to go to those. What do I think is different about my meta? Um, that's a tough question because I'm only one person. And the thing is that I only recently got involved within the last couple of months when I went to my first tournament and after that started going to meetups. Because before that, it was just, you know, me and like two other people playing together at home. And I don't really have a real basis of comparison other than, you know, the stuff I see on the internet. I think that if I were to say what would make the Kuala Lumpur meta different, it would be just the fact that people here are just willing to try things most of the time, you know, just to see, hey, does this work? Does this not work? Who knows? Question three. Story about my meta that makes me really stoked to play there. Okay. So the first time I got involved with my local meta was when I signed up me, my friend, and my girlfriend, we signed up for this tournament. This was the one where the grand prize was all art personal evolution. And I think the deep red playmat. So my friend was back from New York and we'd been playing Netrunner constantly since he got back because we used to play on Octagon together. And then when he came home, he brought all his cards. We're like, yeah, we got to get into the game. And then my girlfriend also, she was had been in a, on a bit of a break, but you know, my friend who came back from New York, he was a good friend too. So we all started playing Netrunner together. And we got into the idea of, hey, let's let's sign up for this tournament. That sounds really, really cool. And so we made decks. We practiced. He was running Replicating Perfection and Nasir. She was running Making News and Gabe. And I brought Mushin Notion Making News. 
and Kate with Logos. Now, Kate with Logos is probably the favorite deck of mine that I've ever made, and it is the, I think, one of only two decks in my entire life that I can say were truly original, not inspired by anything that I saw on the internet or listening to a podcast or reading a thread on Reddit and going, ooh, that's a really good idea. Let's put that in a deck of mine. No, I think, for me, this is my baby. This deck is mine, my Logos Kate. What it does is that it runs... This is important to the story, I promise. It runs Logos and a whole bunch of one-off cards, stuff like Chicana and False Echo and Nerve Agent and Imp, Crescenta, Sahasrara, Feedback Filter, Public Sympathy, all these sorts of like weird out-of-left-field cards. People joke that Shaper decks are eventually just going to become all 1x cards, right? But I figure Logos is going to let you actually pull them. So anyway... We get to the tournament. I'm feeling pretty nervous because I've never played against anybody except my brother, my friend, and my girlfriend. You know, not even like random people on Octagon, maybe five times total in my entire life. And I'm stepping into a tournament, you know, and I've watched videos of our local meta and I had been intimidated by a couple of players. Hi, Bernard. And first round, I was sat down next to this guy who was named Shane. And he was playing personal evolution. And I was intimidated. His Ken Tenma absolutely took apart my making news. But then we switched sides. And it was time for me to play my Kate deck for the first time in the wild. So I just resolved. And remember, I just had my butt handed to me by Ken Tenma. That I was just going to take it slow. I was going to play my game. And I was not going to let him get away with any of his shenanigans. And... I just, every time he installed Advanced Advanced something, I would just, okay, I SMC my DSX, I run it. He installs Advanced Advanced something, all right, I will clone chip my DSX, I will run it. I run I run R&D, it's a Koma Inu, that's fine. I have my Mimic, out, I'll, I'll pay for it, and then I will fem it. He installs a Chum, that's fine. I have Cyber Cypher. I see a Shinobi in R&D, and he installs a piece of ice, and I and I scavenge my fem onto it, completely nullifying the Shinobi. And all this time, he's Jackson drawing pretty hard and just pitching cards into archives. And the scoreline is getting kind of tight at this point. It's something like four to four. But he's pinging me with House of Knives. He's got Hokusai Grid. He plays Cerebral Cast, three of them in one turn, but I win every single side game. And it just seems that everything that this Jinteki is doing, I have an answer for it. And I'm feeling so in control, you know. Logos gives plus one hand size. I installed my public sympathy, so I always had eight cards in hand. So I wasn't really too afraid of net damage, even the times when I couldn't access my Deus Ex. I mean, having an eight card hand means I once had to pay eight credits to get through a Kuma Inu, but, but one turn later on Magnum Opus and I'm fine, right? But it just felt like I had an answer for everything. And that was what my deck was built to do, this kooky, weird Logos cake deck that was full of one-offs. And I was like, oh my god, this deck works. It's crazy. It's original. I've never, ever seen it before in the world, and it's working. And this is the icing on the cake here. It turned out that his game plan was because he couldn't kill me with his regular stuff, you know, his Cerebral Cast, Squatched Earth, his Double Advanced Junebugs. None of that was working. So his plan was to pitch agendas into archives and force me to try and get them out of there and be hit by multiple shocks and she cues. 
and then deliver the finishing blow with melodic entanglement. But I didn't fall for it. I just, like I said, stayed on my own course, played my own game, and I decked him. I decked a personal evolution. The personal evolution who would go on to runner-up the tournament. And that's why my local meta excites me, because I was so scared about going to meet other people. Right? I had this sort of social anxiety of, oh my god, what if I run into a douchebag? And what if I run into somebody who makes me uncomfortable? What if I run into somebody who, who says like, oh my god, that, that move was so gay. It's like, I am going to have to say something, and I don't want to, because it's it's pressure, you know? I feel pressured. But none of that came to pass. Yes, okay, I met one guy who was a little bit abrasive, but whatever. But everything I value in this game, the creativity, the storyline of that plucky runner outmaneuvering the evil corporation, that feeling of this is working, what I made, what I built, what I poured hours and hours into is demolishing whatever this other player is putting out, that that was worth it. I mean, I came in eighth place in the tournament, so it's not like I did great, but oh, that first game, that sold me. That's when I knew, okay, I am coming back. I'm going to get more involved in the local meetups. I'm going to go back to tournaments. That was the moment that showed me that there was more to Netrunner than what I had been experiencing before. And I am so grateful. Cool. That was good. I like so I, awesome. I love that story on the, like this the, this thing I made is winning. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's it, like I I mean that so like some blah, whatever. There's a post about different magic game player personality types, oh, and I think Spike, Tommy little, or whatever. whatever. I think it's a little bit bunk, but <laughs> um, there is definitely a satisfaction in being like at least for me. There's a lot of satisfaction in the game. It's like I came up with a clever idea and I was able to execute it and it worked right. Um, because then the game ends up being like satisfying on two axes. It's like the cleverness or just expressivity or agency of building your deck ahead of time in a way that you think is interesting or is like reflects my aspect of your personality or whatever. And then there's the actual playing. But if all you do is just take a deck that exists off the internet and just play it, then you don't get that first part of the satisfaction, right? Yeah. All you get is did I win the games when I played it or not? Yeah, and, and, and I actually think the, the thing is, like, people don't want... People aren't, like, against people net decking. Yeah. They're just sad that you're missing out on... Exactly. Something that's really great. I'm not great. like, oh, you're a bad person for doing that. I'm just like, but you're you're missing, like, half the fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess some people don't find... Maybe don't find the deck building part of it fun, but I would say that they just... They're trying hard enough. <laughs> yeah, so thank you so much, Calvin. Yes, that was awesome. That was that was super great. Uh, next, we have an old friend. Yep. And some some comrades in spirit. Yeah, definitely. I think we'll uh, we'll just let them, let them introduce themselves. Yeah, because they're great at that. I am uh, Quinns or Quinton Smith, editor of Shut Up and Sit Down, but I am joined today by friends, London Netrunner friends, who run the Run Last Click podcast. Why don't you introduce yourselves, guys? Hello, I'm Chris. And I'm Edie. Hooray, Run Last Click. And you listen guys, to Run Last Click. You should listen to Run Last Click. It's everyone's second favourite Netrunner podcast <laughs> I've heard. Uh, uh, do you ever um, see badges done by Supergrass at all? No. They had, like, everyone's second favourite band because they were reasonably popular, but no one was. It was never anyone's favourite band, but yeah. Yeah, I yeah, that yeah. Oh, that's awesome. 
so we've got a tricky, uh, tricky question now. How do we define the London meta? And Chris and I have talked about this a bit because it's weird. Like, because I mean, I'm sure everyone else who does segments for Terminal Seven on this will say the same thing, which is people only play in one meta, right? <laughs> so they have no yes. idea that you're reviewing your meta in a vacuum. But I'll just sort of like start the ball rolling. Um, I think the London meta might be kind of defined by an amount of humour and creativity because at least where we play, and we're more reviewing the pub that we play in every week, which has like, you know, 20, 30 people now playing, um, and that's on a slow day. Um, but often when you sit down to play a deck, people will say, okay, well, what do you want to play? We can run our corp. And then there's another question after that. It's not too rare for people to say, okay, I've got my good corp deck. I've also got a cool one. Yes, yes. And people just trying funny ideas. And I think... And I'm just going to throw this idea out there and see what you guys think. But I think our meta might value creativity and sort of new ideas more than uh, than just getting beat down. Like, I think we had an American uh, guy come over and he was just really big on, like, showing how good he was. And he was, he was really nice, but he was telling stories. And the stories he told about his meta were, oh, man, there was a thunderstorm and I took on this one guy and we were the two best players in our meta and everyone was watching and I beat him. And it was like, cool, well... I want to tell you about a story about the time that I legworked into someone's hand and saw three snares. <laughs> you know, I want to tell you about my friend's deck. The most fun I've had recently was playing against a custom biotics Husbyroid deck. And that was so exciting. I had to run around our whole our whole pub, be like, oh my god, I just played against Custom Biotics and it was amazing. It was mid-seasons out of Hass Byroid and No, I've been I've been playing recently this really stupid well, not stupid, because <laughs> someone sent it in to me. This weird parasite worm recursion deck. That sounds terrible. And it's so weird. It's so strange. But you know, I put worm on the table and uh, Tim, one of our friends, mm. he said, he looked me in the eye and he said I love you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, no, yeah. it's beautiful. So does that work, buffing the worm up before putting you, you the, personally the touch, down? You personally touch your worm for extra value. That's uh, personally touching your worm. Yeah, exactly, in public and everything. But uh, Wow. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty exciting. Um, but yeah, no, you buff it up, you bring it down. Um, either you kind of uh, basically say if you... Uh, every two credits is basically a data sucker token yeah. at that point, isn't it? Hmm, that's neat. That's neat. What do you think, Edie, about like just playing in London in general? Uh, yeah, I think there's it's, there's a big focus on people to, and it's not unusual to see someone go, "Oh, I'm going to rebuild my decks." How many have you got with you today? Eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And that, there are specific people to whom that applies more than others, but I know uh, there are people, definitely people, who are like how many decks are you running? They're like, I don't know. I've just got. I brought the collection so I can build on the fly. It's like yeah. I mean, you have swap lists as well, don't you, Edie, for kind of I, trading? I, and I, I always bring. Four, I used to bring. I brought six for like two weeks and realized that was madness. And <laughs> I genuinely can't play that many games in one night. But four decks built, and then I've normally got two or three or four built in the deck box, just with the key co- the swapped cards pulled out, so I can. Yeah, I, I like, and it's generally yeah, as Quinn said, one angry deck for each faction. <laughs> the angry deck, that's The angry great. deck. And then one which is janky and weird. I think, I guess a story I might tell is that um, I was so proud, and I guess our meta-defining moment for me was the tournament I ran recently, and we had um, Kester, who's an incredible player. Excellent. And excellent. he came along, and, and he's such a nice guy as well, but he played, and um, and he won, the, he took the day out of like 42 people, and um, but he did it with a dedicated response team deck. He was running Replicating Perfection, and uh, the idea is you have all those servers, and when they run on one of the servers, which is a snare, or if they, if you know they're going to hit a snare at your hand, then you immediately res all the dedicated response teams in your horror shell game ridiculousness, and then they die because um, they're tagged to so the dedicated response team plus snare damage, and that was great because it was so unique and so creative. And I guess this might just be us compensating because we aren't the pe- we aren't the meta that's creating decks that go <laughs> online. We're not creating red coats or anything. No. We're not creating super modernism. But I tell you what, we have so much fun, and we kind of. Have, 
defined our own game. Well, if I'm playing someone and they're they're not laughing and I'm not enjoying or we're not chatting, then that's a bad game. Well, this me. was the yeah. mad thing when I posted about a sort of running my own tournament on, on Reddit Netrunner. I thought people would go, "Oh man, tournament in the bar, that's wicked." But actually, the first response was. Oh, you you drink while playing Netrunner. That's that's oh, crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my god, how could you not drink while playing Netrunner? It's like not that we're alcoholics, of course, Quins. We no, can stop any time we want. We can Isn't stop right? any time yeah. we want. Mm. I'm just saying it's a tradition for us that after three rounds of Swiss, the gin and tonic cans usually show up in our tournaments, and that that levels you out to get you through a lot. Exactly. Yeah. This yeah. this week I showed up four points deep and just carried on drinking. <laughs> Did you? Would you actually play any games? I played four games. You played uh, with Bagbiter I as did, well, yeah, didn't you? <laughs> Which requires the most in uh, most concentration. Oh yes, uh, well, yeah, high pe- level play. Well, people did occasionally point out to me, you only really got two credits and like twelve cards in hand. <laughs> and sort of looking, I went, shit. All right, let's just run anyway. It's just well, it can't get any worse. I was remembering, just remembering the the other hilarious things that have happened. I remember seeing Barry, who's had a, I think it's Barry. Really sorry if it's Ben. I can't remember who it is. You're both playing ten index, but. Um, <laughs> With the intention of scoring uh, future perfects in one turn after leaving them face down on the table. Oh. The f- yeah. Uh, the, f- the free advance double trick of light is a. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was that? I saw the the crowd that was attracted just this very Tuesday was um, Simon uh, Castle playing. Uh, he was playing ten in, and he had uh, a card in an un like a naked unprotected remote with seventeen advancement <laughs> counters on it. <laughs> And uh, and it was like match point, and the runner didn't run it and lost and uh, lost anyway. But then it was like, what was that card? And it was a cerebral overwriter, which I think <laughs> as nice. soon as the runner Very like nice. types the username and password into that server, they just explode. <laughs> Edie, we've both played uh, Justin Wang, who is an excellent player as well. Yes, sadly not seen him recently, but um, but yeah, you've you've had a over advanced Project Atlas blow up in your face, haven't you? Uh, Ares. Ares, Ares, that's the bad thing. Yes, yeah. uh, he's done that to me. I've tried doing it to other people as well. I've done it once on Octagon with nine advancements on an Ares. That was sexy. It's just whether you win or... You've already that, won at that point. That you just ne- shake hands at... Well done. They, <laughs> well they, done. They were, they were, that was, from my side, that was net decked, unfortunately. Oh, I stole that from mind. the very nice Apresh in New York. Oh. That was his HP uh, Always Advance, which is a fun archetype if you ever want to play a deck that you feel too stupid to play that is the one when you you start and you're about halfway through and you're like none of this makes sense i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> do i do i res the oh god that silly card that you named the one that lets you advance stuff uh when they run it the bit of ice oh matrix analyzer. yeah just like do i res the matrix analyzer on r&d when i can't afford to res any other ice yeah of course you do <laughs> just keep advancing stuff it'll be fine what was it? Uh, I even like the s- small bit of um, play that I've seen. Tim's trying to get more of us doing this, but um, before you sit down to play a game, he just reached over to me and he took my deck. And he took it and he slid his deck over to me and said, "Let's go." And we're just like, "Oh, okay. I guess I'm playing your deck, and I have no idea what's in it. Awesome. That's that'll be interesting." And it and it actually is amazing. It's an awesome game. Like it's actually a a, a whole new test of your skill to be able to leaf through a deck you've never seen before. And you have maybe thirty seconds, and you go this card, this card, this card okay, I know what I'm doing. And it's a whole new side of the game. It's almost like draft, you know, being handed a weapon and going, yeah, I can field strip this and use it. And totally, totally, man. No, it's fun. I've done that before and it's good. It's good laugh. Yeah. How are we doing for time? Uh, we are on probably seven, eight minutes. Oh, wicked. Then oh. Uh, we could just leave it there. Can... Do you want to sign off or is that... Uh, sure. Well, it's... No, that sounds good. Uh, I'll... Nels, you can have a sign off as well if you want, which is... um. This is uh, Quinn's Chris and Edie reporting from the cool London matter. Very cool. 
It's very, very cold. No, because ice is cold, isn't it? Ice is cold, and so is London because it rains. It does rain a bit. It's quite cold outside. I, I thought you were talking about the air conditioner we're standing, under, standing underneath. The studio is cold. That's true. We could probably stop now. Okay. Shall I, <laughs> shall I press stop on the recording? Yes. All yes. Right, good. <laughs> I love that one. Yep. I love that one so it's much. awesome. It makes me so jealous <laughs> I know. of the tournaments that they run. Like, we have our own events, and we're going to try to make another one happen before the end of the year, but getting prizes has been a little bit tricky, and having... Like, the fact that there's just a pub they can go to and play yeah. drives th- me crazy. The fact the fact that they're like, what, you don't drink when you play Netrunner? Yeah. Is- <laughs> No, like, the time. So <laughs> what I am actually incredibly stoked about, I don't think we've talked about this yet. I mean, we'll bang on about it a ton sure. as it gets closer to the date. But in February, the um the Terminal City Tabletop Convention, where we ran some Netrunner events last year, it's happening again in February. So that that, that can't be a year. No, it's like six months. Oh, okay. Eight, okay. eight months, something it's like, like that. biannual. Yeah. Right. Okay. I think the last one was so successful, they just wanted to do it again. Well, there we go. But the fact that they had a bar... Inside where oh, we were yeah. able to play. That made a lot easier on best. me. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we're definitely going to um, beat the bushes and twist some arms, do whatever we can to find a place in, in Vancouver that will let us run a Netrunner event and also purchase liquor from them. Yeah. So if you happen to be a person who, for some reason, listens to this podcast <laughs> and also has a pub, <laughs> please let us know. We will happily fill it with a bunch of people who will buy liquor from you, and then we'll leave before your evening crowd comes in. Yeah, and we're not even, like, rowdy. We're not even. No, it's, quite, it's just a bunch of dorks playing a card game. <laughs> it's it's going to be the easiest many hundreds of alcohol dollars you've ever made. Yeah. So, and uh, back to uh, Quinza's uh, yes, Quinn's and Edie and Chris. That's right. Uh, I love. I love that it was. All, it was more about experimentation. They, it was a yeah. mad scientist approach to the game. Yeah, and uh, that really took it all. And like when they had the the, the American, I loved it. It was so so cliche. Oh yeah, when the American the, shows the, up, the, the, the boorish American <laughs> <laughs> wins every game and says how great it is. I lo- like. Oh, that was great. Like man. So yeah. Thank you so much, Quinn's. Yep. That was a that always was a, a pleasure. Ride. What a and hoot. I think. Sometime in the not too distant future, we might uh, we might have a conversation with Mr. Smith again. That'd be great. Yeah, I I, I hope for that every day. So <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it's finally going to be happening. Um, finally, yep, some good friends of ours. Yeah, who are talking about their local meta, the, the local, local meta, meta. That's right in and- New York. These guys, this is, this I again. I know, I know. I said I loved them all, but like I, th- this one felt really. Like just... it is very representative of its place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, it, it was even it was if perfect. we beeped out the identifying location whenever someone said it, you'd be like, "Oh, I know where they're from." Yeah, and, it, and, and, and it's great. It feels it's very casual, but I think that's also what the game is about to them and about to a lot of people. Yeah, it just, it just fits so nicely in your, uh, in just the way you play, the way you experience like games like this. Yeah, it's awesome. So the local meta. Greetings from New York City. This is Frank Lance. Danelle Harado. Andy Nealon. And, and uh, this is our meta. We have at the local meta yeah. Twitter handle. So it's Friday, okay. yeah, Friday night uh, Netrunner at the NYU Game Center is actually, yeah, we call it the local meta. Mm-hmm. So we're excited to talk about that. Wednesday, Wednesday nights during the summer. Wednesdays during the summer. Yeah. Fridays during the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. 
Um, yeah, and so I'm just I'm just trying to think of what like the most interesting story that we could tell about the local meta. Well, let's is. talk about what we play currently. Like, okay. what is the local meta now? So I have tra- I NBN shaper. I just can't get away from it. You have been so you're, playing you're fast you're yellow and green. And fast I love fast advance. It's a thing. It's, a thing. it's <laughs> definitely a thing. It's very good. It's super fun to play. It's become it's only become better with the newer yep. hub. It's just so super fun. The card draw, yeah, it's just ridiculous. The cards, it's just um, so I have a Jinteki uh, shell game uh, deck that wants to kill you, and a it, uh, like uh, I don't know five year old game deck. A game deck. That's the <laughs> first. Yeah, it's the first and only runner deck I've ever is it, made. Is it, no, is I had it, a kit deck for a while. That's is true. it like the uh, Cambridge Jinteki deck? That it is the is Cambridge. Yeah, it's exactly basically just deck. that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's a little tweaked. A little tweaked. A little. That's bit, the Jinteki deck that I bring pretty often. Mm-hmm. But like lately, I've been super into my. Um, Cerebral Imaging deck, where... Cerebral Scorch. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's actually, I think the actual deck name is called, like, Doran's Blades or something. Nice. Um, but it's, it's, just, it's just got, like, a really nerdy name, and uh, Cerebral Imaging just happens to be, like, a combination of threat and uh, advancement shenanigans that is just kind of fun to play, so... Oh, and Shaper, and I've been playing... I've been playing some variety of Shaper for a very long time. I want Anarch to be a thing. I was playing Noise for a while. Yeah, the, the, the Cash Noise. Yeah, it's, cash, it's a thing. Yeah, Cash Noise is a thing. It's, I just find it to be like kind of a boring thing. It's kind of conditional. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think we can safely say that Danelle is, like, of the three of us here, the person who experiments the most. I would, willing to like I would probably yeah. say that. Because Frank and I are, like, hyper-competitive. My Shaper deck right now is actually Mostly full... because we like to destroy each other. Yes. Well, yeah, so Andy and I play... During the week, a lot against each other. So we have that weird experience of have, of knowing a person's uh, yeah. deck too well, yeah. and it's like, a long-standing rivalry kind of a thing. Yeah, also. and I, so Andy makes new decks I all the time, and I never make no, new decks. Here's, here's why I need to make new decks because, for, like, the win-loss between us is probably seventy thirty. Oh please! <laughs> Did you get it's, that? Is this on? Hello, hello. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you're just yeah. you're, you're a better poker player. Yeah. You're well, a much also, I'm player. a little less imaginative with my deck construction. I just build decks that I think are super strong and good. They're not but that creative speaking, and they're not that original. And you weak, right? Because I you know experiment. The deck. I know that I should know what's coming, and yet I, th- I yeah. think I think your strength is as as the player, and not necessarily as the constructor. Like I've, yeah. every time I observe matches between you, I'm just like. Yeah, like there's a point where you have psyched Andy out enough. I'm in the guy's head. I'm I'm in his head. Let's let's call it what it is. I lose my shit. I love it. I love it so much. It's it's a a food for my soul. There's there's (laughs) a very there's a very good moment where you know that Andy is gonna lose pretty much any match that he plays against anyone. Where he just he he admits, can you do the sound? I, knew, uh, I don't even know. I know. I, don't even, so I know good. what you mean. Yeah. I don't even have to. Yeah. Well, I've heard people do that sound. Like, yeah. like, like Frank does the sound. We all die. We, we all do this. I, I, I would say that it's pretty. It's like we all do it, but I think you have a very close tell of like you are losing this match yeah, kind of a thing. Out. I know <laughs> I'm going down hard. I'm yeah. going down yeah. all the way. I guess like, I. I don't know. I'm trying to think if like 
there, there's definitely metas where I just end up winning all the games. I think I've definitely swept whole metas, yeah. and then, like, I've also had just... And this, that's the beauty of the game, where it's just like, oh, someone happens to bring the particular thing that snipes my deck all the time, yeah. and... Um, so I tried to play against that last week and went to a tournament at the 20... At, uh, no, not, at the, not the 20 side, at the Uncommons. Yes. And I came in second, just to, like, every yeah. now and then right. I do... Every well now and done. then I get yeah. lucky. Yeah. Well done. Um, but I was trying to play... At, against what I thought would be the current meta. Okay. Like I, but Neerath Hub is kind of universal, and the Shaper deck that I have is just a little bit more aggro than a Shaper deck, because it runs a Desperado huh. So why, why did you think that would be effective? Because Shaper's strong. Shaper's yeah. always strong. Shaper has a lot of tricks, yeah. but sometimes Shaper's not rich, or it takes a while to build it up, to set it up, to set the rig up, and I wanted yeah. to have a Shaper that doesn't require a rig. So it's like a game... Sh it's a yeah. game-like Shaper. Okay. Yeah. So it runs Desperado. A little more aggro, runs Desperado. Yeah, so it runs yeah. things that like force me to run because otherwise I'm not doing it right. Yeah. And now I realize how why, how you play aggressively. Yeah. Like you just like everything in your deck is requires aggro to even work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And if it doesn't, it becomes a table wiping game. And you can right? also yeah. kind of just shut shut it down, right? Like if yeah. you if you manage to shut down like all of Frank's like aggro opportunities, yeah. then it's just like if, Frank's yeah. just kind of staring at a hand that he really can't use. If I get off to a slow start, yeah. I can really lag behind yeah. and, it's and like, then well, it's have to like get lucky. Gabe, Gabe yeah. Wiping tables. Yeah. It's also yeah. worth. Yeah. It's, it's true. Worth yeah. It's either Gabe rich with a pile I, of money. I'm or honest, Gabe. My new is honest, Gabe. Right? He's got a day job. No, right? The day job yeah. is Armitage. Armitage, yeah. right? So working for Armitage. When you splash that in, or not splash, when you put <laughs> yeah. that in, I saw it, I was like, oh shit, you yeah. realize that you don't want to clean tables. Yeah. <laughs> on escape. On escape. It turned a corner, uh, turned a new leaf. On escape. There you go. Yeah. 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 On escape. Yeah, on escape. Um, on parole. So, what else is interesting about our meta? I guess one of the main things is the Panther Moderns. Yeah, right? well, so we, we, I have, I'm part of the Panther Moderns. Yeah, so tell us right? about where that came from. Um, this, is, this is totally, uh, I think, uh, Dave Morrow, who is a developer slash designer slash game something. He like does game jams and stuff, and uh, I only know him through friends of friends uh, who are the Anamanaguchi guys, who's just this chiptune band. Uh, and so uh, at one point he was just like, yo, you want to be in the Panther Moderns? And I was like, what is the Panther... <laughs> What? And it's like, yeah, we like have cool back patches and denim vests and we go to Netrunner tournaments. And don't you know Neuromancer? <laughs> yeah, and, and I was just like and then it like clicked to me, it's like, oh my god, the Panther Modern is from Neuromancer and like I was just like, Yes, I'm totally in. Like there's no and so like we have like uh one of like the unifying things is that we all have these matching click trackers. Uh, for the Panther Moderns, and it's like our logo for the Panther. And it's really it's so awesome. Yeah, it's kind of nice when you yeah. actually have like someone who designs things on your on your crew. <laughs> um, but weird weird thing is that they've all been kind of busy with life and stuff. And I'm maybe the most active netrunner player in the Panther Moderns now. Because they, they um, go way back, right? They played yes. like tournaments when the base set was out. Correct. Yeah, they actually they actually swept tournaments when the, when base, the base set was yeah. out. Yeah, they. Um, <laughs> Managed to sweep the Philly and New York tournaments, and I think one Boston tournament. This was 2012. Was yeah, 2012, 2012 and 2013, right? And so at the time, it was actually uh, Dave Morrow, uh, No Sleep, Jeremiah Johnson, and um, uh, Moot, Chris Poole. Uh, which was just a bizarre collection of people if you ever heard of. But they're also just all really good friends, and that right. was, yeah. yeah. And that was interesting. And they've been to the local meta pretty Couple frequently. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dame, Damon. Damon, Damon, Damon comes, comes from lot. Starscream and now Infinity Tread. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, he's here a lot. He's, um, a lot of the Adafruit people are here, because uh, apparently Adafruit has, like, a tiny office Netrunner League now. 
nice. uh, which is really nice. cool. Uh, a lot of people from like startups in New York are just into it because um, I think there's just like what our, our our meta consists of card game people, which yep. is great. Which is uh, we get we get from every walk of life. Uh, someone we taught someone during the summer that was a uh, they'd only played Pokemon, hmm. and that was very interesting to see like how. Pokemon and Netrunner and Magic right. are very different games. Um, yeah, we, so yeah, I guess that's an interesting aspect, right? We always have learner decks around. Yes. Like, there's always learner decks around, so when we have people that come in, it's like, what are you guys doing? It's like, yeah. please join us. Yeah. Uh, we have, we, we'll teach you. Yeah, we yeah. do make an effort, I think, to do outreach For and sure. get new players. Yeah, um, and I've, I think um, we, we were trying to casually count it, and I think I've taught maybe uh, about 50 people how to play Netrunner. Nice. Um, and that's like between friends and people who've been to the local meta and stuff like that. I've taught yeah. a lot of people how to let's play Let's face it, the game's fiddly. Um, yeah, I would say another part of the local meta is the fact that we're at NYU Game Center, so there are a lot of students around. Yes. Uh, in fact, the students asked me to sort of give a lecture about Netrunner, talk about the design history, talk about the game, uh, put it into context, and so that's, that's cool. Um, yeah, a lot of game designers... Um, is that in the past or in the future? Are you still doing? I'm doing it next week. Oh, cool. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It should be fun. Um, you should drop by for it next Wednesday, I think. What um, What time is it? On? Seven. Uh, well, yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, Sweet. Uh, you guys yeah. should totally come. Yeah, so. it's like, it's not, it's invite like everybody. To everyone listening to this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so no, that's really cool. Uh, yeah. I think no. I honestly think that the space is huge. Uh, as someone who organizes shows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, finding a space in New York City is maybe one of the hardest challenges of, like, getting any social group together. Yeah. Uh, and so just having the new, like, the NYU Game Center just be supportive of, like, hey, we have a space for people to play games, and that's yeah. super cool. Yeah. Um, I don't think, I don't think we would have a community as large as we do without it. Um, yeah. we've also been okay at outreach at tournaments. We, oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll get, like, when we go to, we go to the local game store tournaments, and we, um, I want to say that we usually, like, Four to five people from here. Yeah, are sounds about right. Yeah. yeah, and then like we tell people about the local meta, and then they'll show up the next week basically, and they'll just be like, "Oh, we heard about this from the tournament and stuff." Yeah. And so we've actually gotten a lot of the pretty good players from the tournament area to show up right. at least once. You know, like um, I would I would say that our our local scene is probably pretty competitive uh, in terms of skill level. Yes. Um, and, uh, maybe the best, I'm going to say, I'm going to say maybe it's we're the best. Definitely New York City. <laughs> <laughs> Our scene is the best. Definitely New York City is the best Netrunner city, uh, hands Boom. down. Done. Well, every Shots other, fired. Every other city, um, yeah. come at us, bros. Yeah. yeah well, I mean... <laughs> I was going to debunk this because I was the only person of us who made it to the Terminal 7 tournament in Vancouver this summer. How'd you do? Did you sweep? I came in around the halfway mark. Halfway mark. Nice. Yeah, like well a, done. It's a coin flip. Um, a coin flippy game. But, <laughs> but on, the, on the serious side, we do have a lot of players because New York has actually been cursed with, again, this problem of space um, where we haven't had up until this point a space to have large tournaments in. Um, New York has not actually had a proper... 60-person Netrunner tournament. 
Well, everyone went to Philly and to Boston. Yes, um, uh, and in Boston, right. they and by won. everyone I mean none of us. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, all this, all the super, super competitive. Like I, like we're competitive, but I wouldn't call us like the most competitive. I like, never do tournaments. Yeah, no, Frank's. A, I keep yeah. on, I keep on biting him. I'm I keep a, on biting. I'm a baby. Someday. I'm a baby. That's Someday. my problem. Um, uh, but yeah, but like uh, New York players swept the Boston Cambridge. Like that's why Cambridge Gentechi well, has its came, name. That's where the killed it came from. Um, yeah, and so so yeah. it's actually called Chris's Gentechi originally. Yeah. Uh, and then um, we came in top eight for the Philly regionals as well. And we had several people at the Canadian Nationals, uh, and we had several people at Gen Con. And so that was just kind of like, just New York is everywhere there. And that, I think that's just one of the great things about New York, is that you'll just get people who are so enthusiastic about it that they'll, yeah. um, that they'll play everywhere. Uh, one of the co- guest columnists for uh, Fantasy Flight is actually one of the people in the New York meta, uh, nice. Elad. Um, so yeah. Oh, and I should mention oh, that. Oh, yeah, wait, 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 um, yeah, This is the cool. Are you want to do it? Yeah, I'm going to mention that. Okay, you 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 talk. You lay it down. Yeah. So here's the coolest part. Like in our upcoming NYU practice games conference, game design conference, we have Lucas Litzinger coming to give a talk on the origin and the creation and how they revived the game, how they added factions, how the factions work, how they keep them in balance. I mean, I'm so excited yeah. for this. Yeah. I, I so hyped. Just so hyped for that. Like, yeah. I think that 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 we just that just we win. Yeah. yeah. Right? Come on. We just, yeah. Come That's on. the best. Like, so exciting. Yeah. yeah. Has, no, Lucas, this be... has Lucas been on your podcast? No. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> will we will we have the talk recorded and available for everyone online? Yes. yes. Likely. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, um, but so yeah, that's, yeah. So that's the New York meta. Yeah. Arrogant, full yeah. of itself. Like New York. Typical New York. Friendly, friendly, East Coast. Very friendly, but pompous hipsters. Agro friendly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of, I would say in terms of like, yeah, there's a lot of um, creative deck building, a lot of new cards. If you come yes. to the local meta, you're going to see cards from the latest Most people will have expansions. the latest data packs. And they're going to be trying them out because yeah. there's, a lot of, there's a lot of just enthusiasm just a lot for of, A lot of tweaking, a lot of experimenting. Stuff. Like there, was, um, there was that one local meta after... I don't even, it was like two data packs ago, and basically like our, whatever the local meta adjusted to is that we, um, we all had kill decks, mm-hmm. and so yeah. I think every single game that night ended in at least, like every single round that night ended in at least one flatline for someone. Yeah. My yeah. favorite part of that just now is how we start to measure time in data packs. No, that's like well. See, two data packs ago. Listen, and time recently has been super compressed, right? So yeah, like, it's true. <laughs> yeah, how many data packs are you behind? Three, two or three. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm lagging. I'm lagging, well, and it's like I'm not sure if I'm on this train anymore. Yeah, even. Well, there's that. Well, there's that one. I don't know. There's that one current lag time. Yeah, so, you know. yeah. Maybe I'll get that. Yeah. That'll bring <laughs> me back to speed. You'll catch up again. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, Nels. I think that's I think, it. I think, I think we're good, it. right? Right, Nels. Back from that also fills me with nothing but envy that I can't also be in <laughs> New know. York and London and Dublin and Kuala Lumpur <laughs> at, at the same time. <laughs> oh my god! But I gotta say, this is like I think as close as we can get without taking insane trips all the time. Like, yes. like it was, it was. It actually felt like everybody since since the topic and the passion and the experiences is all kind of felt similar. I don't know. It feel it felt really unifying to hear all these uh, casts at once. Yeah, absolutely. It's awesome. Um, but of course, last but not least, right, we would be 
doing a disservice <laughs> if we didn't at least discuss our own meta. Yeah, that's right. Um, actually, and because a lot of other people introduced it, I have no idea. We haven't, obviously, when we started this cast, we introduced ourselves, but we haven't done that for 19 episodes. Yeah. And if someone catches this cast like 10 episodes, then they probably have no idea who the hell we are talking about this video game. I guess that's true. So, Mr. Turner, what do you do during the day? I, I'm actually an artist. I go by the ridiculous moniker of the Drawbarian. It's well earned. Because yeah, I'm 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 a 2D artist for a small three man crew company here in Vancouver called called Slick Entertainment. Yes, we did Shellraiser. Right now, we're working on Viking Squad, which is a 2D lane based brawler. That's right. Not yeah. lane based like a MOBA, but like lane based lane like on the excite ground. bike. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's awesome. So th- thank you very much. Um, we oh I've just gotten into dev streaming every Wednesday and I'm in oh, love shit. with it. It Sweet. is so cool. We um Do you guys have your own Twitch channel? Yeah, we have our own Twitch channel. We 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 fired up on um we go on Twitch, we go like 4 p.m. 6 p.m. PST and nice. man, I draw and we have the whole team on there and we get feedback and oh, it's like a blast. Awesome. I'm in love with it. So yes. So good. It's like entertainment and um I'm also an artist to go by Joust, J-O-U-S-T-E, online. I draw a bunch. I make games that way. And I love Netrunner, and that's how I met uh, Nels, actually. Yes. Through, through the local indie gamer scene right. yeah, in Vancouver. I also make video games. Um, I used to work at a place called Clay Entertainment. Tremendously great people there. Um, I was the lead designer on a stealth game called Mark of the Ninja. I'd I like to say, like, one of these stealth games. I don't know. I, I don't like stealth games, and I really, really enjoyed Mark of the Ninja. Lots of people say that, and that makes me very happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically my love letter to the genre. So. And what are you working on now? Uh, now, I work for uh, a bunch of people, including myself, started a new company called Campo Santo. And we are making a first-person narrative exploration game called Firewatch, which is all about being a fire lookout in the middle of goddamn nowhere, Wyoming, which is where I grew up. That's 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 cool, man. Along with somebody else on the team. Yeah. Awesome. And, and see, like, I, I, I think all those games a uh, first-person feeler because it, it brings the feels. There's, there's some feels. There's some feels. There's some know? feels. But there's also a mystery. Great. You will sometimes feel dread. Ooh, well, that's still a feel. Yeah, First-person first feeler, Firewatch. That's an ominous feel. Oh, that great, great all-star team, by the way, out of Campo Santo. A bunch of great guys there, and an awesome lady. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I don't know. I don't know absolutely everyone from Campo Santo. Yeah, but yeah, you will. Super team. Yeah, eventually I'll get there. Nice. Yeah, um, so that's that. That's us. That's, yeah, that's and so we, we play here in in Vancouver, Canada, which yep. is the best place. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's the best place. It is. It's really good. For a, while, for a while, what was it? The, the province's, like, slogan was literally the best place on Earth. Wow. Which was maybe a bit presumptuous. Yeah. I'm I'm much happier with super, comma, natural British Columbia. I, I kind of prefer that because you, yeah. you, you, you can get behind that one. Yeah. The best place on Earth, it's like, oh, mm. <laughs> a little dicey. I've been to some other places that are really nice, too. Yeah, I can also take to those in places in Vancouver where that, that name that might not, not slide. It smells like pee yeah. <laughs> everywhere you go. Um yeah, but um, what, about, what about our 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 local meta? Yes, indeed. Um, well, it is. It's a pretty diverse group of folks, I guess. Like, it tends to congregate around three or four of the local game stores in town. Yeah, like there's an event basically on like Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night, each at a different shop. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's like probably a 30% overlap between who goes to where. It's basically everyone just goes to the one that's closest to their house. Yeah, to where, yeah, yeah. Because they're that lazy, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. That is, that is why I go to Starlet Citadel and not the other places because it is closer it's to closer my to house. house. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
in general, I don't know if there's a particular f faction or play style that's really dominant. It's very Vancouver. I, I, I do know that everybody... Well, it, I, th I think it actually depends on the players. I find we have a lot of um, single, like, singular people. Like, some people are, like, like, like very, very, very good at the game and very skilled at the game and very, mm. like, efficient at the game. Right. And the way they approach it. And I think a lot of the people that actually play the game are, like, their background's almost, like, either software engineering or... It's like I I I always find that the more whimsical jobs make the weirder stuff, and, and, <laughs> and, and the more efficient right. guys just cream you with with amazing decks. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's probably all right. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and I love it both, and I also know that um, the fact that they can both happily live together makes it uh makes it a really 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 great place to play. Like, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a a good diverse crew of people, and it always seems like whenever there's a big event, there will be usually like between i'd say like three to five people who have like i've never played in a tournament before or yeah i came to one once ever and it seems like they always walk away having a really good time yeah even if they get like shut shut out yeah for yeah, sure which is like it usually happens just because it's like that's how everything like that works yeah <laughs> but i mean that is both a testament i think to the to both the local players and the game itself that like even when you're getting thrashed it's still pretty fun. Yeah. And like Swiss tournaments generally matches you with people roughly, you know, equivalent. Yeah. Like you, your you, skill that day. You anyway. should be playing the, the, the right people. Yeah. So like you may get, you know, kind of roughed around the first couple of rounds. And after that, then you have some good, like solid. Yeah. Drag out. Fist yeah. Cuff games, which is really awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I've, I've, I've always loved card games and I've never really gotten into one as, as big. Yeah. As, no, no, no. As no. this. Definitely not. And I actually, for a while there, I thought that like that, that those doors had closed. Not because I'm ancient or anything, but just like. Right. But that, but, uh, net with, with Netrunner and, uh, well, net, net Nels is a really great organizer, by the way, for, 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 for putting all these, these events on. I just get right back oh, into it. Yeah. And I see, <laughs> no, <laughs> it is well deserved. <laughs> not just blowing smoke here. You're really, really good at organizing this I stuff. I see. And yeah, like the, uh, every, like every event I've been to, I always might meet great people. We have, we have like great, great times and we're also really close to seattle too so we actually sneak up there the odd yeah time to yeah which is pretty nice and then occasionally some folks will come over from victoria yeah um this year actually the regionals for british columbia was in victoria not vancouver um it was the same weekend we ran a different tournament because we scheduled ours first <laughs> god damn it um so we weren't able to go to that we did get down to seattle and hit up theirs which was pretty sweet yeah um yeah so it's it is a good diverse crew folks we have high skill like high energy really laid back i think i think that's maybe a west coast thing i think probably I, yeah something like that but yeah really laid back but we also got like we also got teeth we got really really strong players here yep um yeah i don't know it's a it's it's super diverse and the fact that we can we we work really hard on our own game it's like you know that's our livelihood but we can still we still make time for this experience is uh yeah there's definitely something there yeah it's awesome um and then one one thing that I think kind of encapsulates the scene in general, um, our buddy Keith, he uh, he actually works at Starlet Citadel, right? So he helps run a bunch of stuff there. And recently, um, someone broke into his car and like stole his backpack or something. Right, I yeah. think they just had his two current Netrunner decks in it. Right. So he still had all of his cards <laughs> that weren't in those decks. He was just missing like one to three copies of like 90, 100, whatever different cards. So then he's like, oh, what am I? Because you don't want to have to buy a whole data pack because you had like 
two caduceuses yeah, yeah, yeah. that were in this deck and the other all you got all the rest of the cards yep um but it was really rad because uh we got kind of like a couple or like we kind of organized a little bit uh just through like a couple of facebook groups and he just kind of posted that like this thing happened and i was like oh it's so shitty but then a bunch of people were like well let us know what you're missing and we'll try to like help you if we have extras like spares we picked Some up in drafts a draft or, something, or whatever yeah. so we can at least make it so that like okay well maybe there's two or three data packs that you don't have to buy again yeah because someone had a couple extra dracos they pulled out of the draft or whatever so now you don't need to buy that data pack again right and, um, the, and they, they came like he got what he needed right yeah uh, the, i think, so. uh, the, I think the he still had to buy some stuff again sure but Hopefully not as much as it would have been. Yeah, and, um, and which was that, really cool. That moronic thief, I, I like the the actual value of what he actually has. Yeah, nothing. No one will buy those. No. <laughs> as the person's just an asshole, just a terrible, terrible asshole. We thought it'd be great if he actually got really interested in the game after stealing it, and then he went to a tournament and Keith crushed him. Right. <laughs> that would have been like the. the they only- know they wanted to go home. <laughs> <laughs> that R&D just vomited up agendas. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I'm this. This is a scene that I'm super jazzed to play in. Um, recently, it's just been really busy, so I haven't been able to get out. Yeah, me, live face to face as much as I would have wanted to. Likewise, but... I, I recently just jumped on with a good friend of mine, Maurice from Toronto. Nice. Uh, he uh, he's a big fan of Terminal Seven, so he definitely says hello. Hey, hey. He's working on games, and uh, I jumped on. I haven't jumped in a while, but I jumped back on uh, Octagon, and I was like. Even there, I was just like, it just, I felt like the itch come back again. I just felt super jazzed. Like, yeah. You know, three three games down, I'm like, oh man, get me more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm super stoked. Um, Relatedly, I guess, um, this upcoming weekend, November, what is it, 15th? Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, whatever this upcoming Saturday is, it's November 15th or 16th, whatever it is, Um, at My- Magic Stronghold, which yep. is a game shop here in town, Um, they're holding a tournament. Um, I don't... It's just kind of like show up, play. They've got just a bunch of random prizes, like a bunch of alt arts and a bunch of other stuff. Um, yep. Standard, have, standard Netrunner fair. Yep. Just normal Netrunner, everything up through, um, uh, up and over. No. Yeah. Oh. That was the la- that was the last data pack, right? Yeah, I think up and over was the last data yes. pack. Um, everything up through that or whatever the fourth pack was, uh, totally legal. Um, yeah. So Jesse and I will be there. Yep. We're pretty stoked. Yeah. If other so. folks are around. They should totally hit it up as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so we've we've gone around the world. Yep, but we have. but we still wanted to do some reader mail. Of course, yeah, of course, of course. Everyone was asking about <laughs> worlds, the right? worlds tournament. Yep. Um. So the big, big, and uh, by big, I mean the final field was two hundred and thirty-six players. Wow. The Netrunner World Championships um were this weekend. The games mm-hmm. finished just like two hours ago. Yeah. And the uh. Top 16, it was kind of like you'd expect, you know, I think there were like eight of nine, eight or nine near-Earth hub decks in there, so a smattering of Genteki, and right. then like one HB and one uh, Wayland deck. And sure. then on the runner side, I think it was like some Kates, and then some Andromeda, some Gabe, and then one lone Noise, I believe, oh, okay. which is pretty cool. Um, but the the only, the the last games that I caught, the top three... The, the matchups were very interesting. Great. So tell us a little Be- bit about that. Because. So because. The top three. Oh, so if you haven't watched these games and you want to. Pause now and go yeah, watch them and come now, back. Pause go watch them and come back. <laughs> <laughs> um, the top three players were running 
replicating perfection. Okay. Personal evolution. Right. And blue sun. That is uh, awesome. Yeah. And, 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 huge... and then on the runner side, it was two Andromeda and a Gabe. Okay. So. Okay. So okay. Sure. Blues. Fine, blues. Blues. Still powerful. We yep. get it. We get it. But man, that that yeah, that the core blue breakdown. Sun crazy yeah I, I really like that um, New Earth Hub wasn't crushing in the uh, and you know that could possibly be just because everyone was geared to beat New Earth Hub yeah, no, and I then think everybody just got I think it's definitely what it was right that like because the, the the criminal matchup against Near Earth Hub is generally pretty strong because mm. like you know you just deny them their econ like yep. slam their shit get a bunch of money get your breakers fast whatever but the criminal matchup against like replicating perfection or personal evolution is pretty rough yeah so i think that's probably what it well i mean i think the fact there is like a bit of a hive mind consensus that everyone thinks that like nbn fast advance is the best and so and so that's the only thing to play and the downside of that is then will people tech against it and then as evidenced sometimes that doesn't work out super well all those new earth hubs might have just got hammered into the ground yeah yeah um but all three of the all three of those final matchups were crazy. Um, the there was one game that came down to like I think this was actually one round before where the person would have stolen the game winning NAPD contract, but they only had three credits. Uh, yeah, oh. and they didn't have enough money to get back to get credits <laughs> get and then in. get back into the server again. You're it was nuts. Me. Yep. Awesome. Um, they're actually all really good games. The uh, the personal evolution game, especially, was was crazy. Um, heartily recommend watching them both. And, and in fact, yeah, because it ended up being that like um, the uh, the final matchup was the 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 person who came out of the losers bracket won their first game playing personal evolution. So then they had to switch sides and play again. Okay. And then the person who was playing the run originally won as the corp with replicating perfection and took the whole deal, but it was incredibly close and both games were won by a flat line. Cool. Yeah, that's cool. It was awesome. Yeah. They were, they were super, super good games. Um, and then the other big question that folks had from reader mail mm-hmm. was some other news that was announced at the world tournament. And right. this is not just specific to Netrunner, all of fantasy flights, um, living card games Yep. that they are going to be introducing uh, set rotation. Yeah, like, like cycles, in, okay. Into the official tournament play. Right. Um, and this is primarily done to, I think, address, like, how, like, keeping the card pool manageable. Yeah, this is definitely a move. It's, it's I'm pretty sure this is what Magic does, and the only yeah. reason Magic's been able to exist. Like, yeah. you, you can't just keep adding to a pool. No, at all. Like you need you you need some kind. You need to rein it in a little bit, and that's yeah, and that's sure. what they're doing here. And that's, that's yeah. It. So the way it works is that the again, this is just for like ter- standard tournament play. Yeah, that's the only yeah. Like context if you're at home playing with your pals, don't yeah, worry it about it. Whatever. <laughs> but yeah, the um the core set, the deluxe expansion, all the big boxes, so the fang- yeah. faction boxes. Those will always be legal forever. Yep. Um, but each particular data pack cycle, like the Genesis cycle, the lunar cycle, etc. Um. After five of them have been released, once the first pack of the sixth one comes out, that first cycle is now not legal for tournament cool. play. Neat. So at some point, like two and a half years from now, in like 2017, <laughs> You'll... Genesis cycle won't be legal anymore. Right. So get those Genesis games in, That's ladies right. and gentlemen. 
Um, it's not clear. I don't think they've said whether or not this will apply to IDs or if it'll just be huh. all the other cards. I, you, um, know, you know, you'd think that would apply to IDs. Yeah, but I don't know if any of the other uh, card games they have have a mechanic that's quite like an ID. Maybe. I don't play them. I don't know how it works. Um, so I'm not sure. But yeah, it will, it, uh, at some point, far, far in the future <laughs> from now, you'll have to say goodbye to some of your cards. <laughs> But you know, ultimately, I think it's 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 a little bit of a bummer in that like you know some stuff won't be legal anymore. But it's ultimately, I think, healthiest for the game. Yeah, and it is sick. Like it is cyclical. They'll come back around when Genesis will be legal again. I'm I'm, I'm Maybe. pretty I'm I'm pretty sure that's how how it works. Yeah, they, I have no idea. They opt in cards and opt out cards, and I think that might also help out uh, just developing new stuff. Yeah, when you realize like okay, Genesis is out, we can make something to fill in some some gaps. That that the power vacuum is made. Yeah, Genesis being away. Yeah, it'll be interesting. <laughs> far, far from far now, away on our fourth that our fourth like. anniversary of Terminal Seven. That's right. We'll, <laughs> that's that's we'll, probably about right. Actually, <laughs> we'll be talking about the uh, yeah the cycling, and that's FFG. That's that's their future proofing. Like, come on, like we still haven't seen Laramie Fisk, and we all voted for him like almost a year ago. Yeah, right. Like, I yeah. Don't know. But I guess also the other bit of wor- news that did come out of Worlds is they did announce the next data pack cycle. Oh, right, which right. is the Santan cycle. Yes, and we saw a couple of pretty nifty cards. Some pretty, in there. some pretty cool. Even stuff in there. Nels dipped into the spoilers. I did. I, I did. I had to. I had to sample. <laughs> I had to sample to. that forbidden fruit. <laughs> um, but who knows? Like maybe Laramie Fisk will show up in there because yeah. we know the. Um, again, not to talk too much about spoilers, but the the next. Uh, criminal ID in the lunar cycle is Leela Patel. Right, the the boxer gal. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it probably won't be two new criminal IDs. Mm, yeah. In which case, that means probably maybe Laramie Fisk and the uh, Chrono the Chronos Protocol, the other voted for ID. That's right. Yeah. Will show up. So in... so sorry, it was the Genteki. It was the Genteki. The uh, yeah the the actual sniper. Yes. Yes. Any net damage. It, you pick you, you the, pick what the hit. runner reveals their hand yeah. their grip and then you pick which card gets trashed. That was a good move. Yeah, <laughs> picking that one. <laughs> yeah, it'll be good. Um, but anyway, yeah. So the Sansan cycle is coming up after the Anarch and Wayland Deluxe expansion, Ordering Chaos, which is going to be I'm I'm really so, cool. I'm so excited that yeah. those are actually my my favorite factions, and they get a whole box. Yeah, it's going to be good. yeah. This is the the party I had when Honor and Profit came out <laughs> is going to be Jesse's party now. Yeah. Um. I mean, given that like Anarch was a little bit underrepresented at Worlds, even, though, even at Worlds, sure. Yeah, I think it's going to. I think maybe hopefully what happened to Jinteki with Honor and Profit yeah. will happen with Anarch and Wayland. Out of order and chaos, yeah. yeah. I mean, already I think Blue Sun has kind of reminded people that Wayland can be goddamn crazy a if monster. they need to. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it'll be very cool to see what comes out of there. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. I am, I'm just so between worlds and all these rad <laughs> folks talking about the game and all the stuff that's coming down the pike. I am really excited about yeah. this game again. I, I am too, and that's and that's that's definitely something because we actually weren't even sure how long we'd be podcasting. Yeah, we're we had like, no oh, we'll, idea. We'll do it until we don't want to do it anymore. And yeah, this is the if everything just gets amped up again, I'm just more. Just as excited yeah. when I started. So. Yeah, basically. Um, well, with all those interviews and stuff, this has already been probably a bit of a longer episode anyway. Right. So um, we'll just leave it at that for now. Um, as always, if folks have any more questions, thoughts, feedback, ideas, whatever, you can email us at Terminal7 at IdleThumbs.net or just hit us up on Twitter yep. at Term7. Um, 
Uh, we mention this periodically, but if you do like the show, um, it's available on iTunes. You can go there and leave a review because that helps iTunes weird search algorithms, algorithms yeah. help other people find it, um, which is cool. And finally, thank you very much this week to our recording engineer, savior friend. That's right. Gordon McLattery. Gordon McLattery. Also known as uh, a shell in the pits. Yep. Sound production? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's Something a musician. Like he does a lot of stuff. He's actually doing all of the music for Viking Squad. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. It's, it's, it's already awesome. It's yeah. already so good. So Better go control. to shell in the pit. You can even find some. some yes. Oh, man. There so you good. go. Yeah. Um, and finally, as always, uh, Thank you again to Mr. Ed Harrison right. for the use of his track Tin Soldiers from the Neo Tokyo OST. If you want to get that album, and as, as we've said 20 times now, <laughs> that's right. you absolutely bloody well should. You should, you should. It's at edharrison.bandcamp.com. What if what Jesse wanted to play that mandolin? <laughs> what what if, yeah, I wanted to do a new intro with the mandolin? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is our cover of Tin Soldier yeah. on the mandolin. <laughs> okay, they're probably going to say at a guess because they said they would do um, stings for this. Um, they're probably going to be like, "I'll be nails." And now we're going to pass on to Quinns in uh, UK, and he's going to talk about the London Meta. And so we'll go from there. I'm guessing. I think Nelson's an idiot, so... Um, oh, is that on? Oh, yeah. shit. Uh, we'll edit that out. Yeah. Hello. Excuse me. <laughs> I, we actually locked a cat in here. I didn't even realize. I'm sorry, cat. There you are. Goodbye, nameless Goodbye. cat. Goodbye, gray cat. No, get... I'm going to slam on your tail. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking cat.